Hey, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. In this weekly show, I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. In this case, I am running the Wizards of the Coast hardcover adventure Rime of the Frostmaiden. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. If you want to help support shows like this, you can do so by becoming a patron of Sly Flourish, going to patreon.com slash slyflourish and signing up. Patrons get access to all kinds of exclusive content, previews of stuff that I'm doing in the future. Now I'm taking questions from them to do during my talk shows and things like that. But mostly it is a great way to help support the work that I do. If you want to help me out, that is a great way to do it. So yes, we are in, I've described it before, the roller coaster of Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. And we can think of chapter one as like, the big, like the, the card on the roller coaster getting pulled up and going all the way to the top of the roller coaster before hitting the top and then rolling down. And that's kind of what's happened. And now I'm in chapter two and chapter two is just roaring by, right? Chapter two is really just roaring by. And a lot of interesting things are happening. So lately, the most recent thing is that the characters went to the Dark Duchess. But let us start by getting our Notion notebook all set up. So I use Notion for my campaign planning. You can find out all about Notion. If you look in the show notes below, I talk all about how I use Notion to do my D&D campaign. I love it for doing campaign management. Uh, really excellent tool. And I've got my free template that you can use to uh, build your own lazy DM campaign notebook. So we create a new session and we are gonna do 29 August, 2021, Sunday for us made it. So we will start by taking a look back at how, at what happened in the last game. So I'm gonna pull up my session notes, old session notes down to 22 August last weekend. Yeah, so, oh boy, yeah. So we started off with uh, Goat Ball, right? The characters were at the Worm Doom Crag with the Worm Doom Crag Goliaths. And I started right off with like, who gets smashed in the face with a goat ball? And it was great because it was Gore Wan Alcazar, who's kind of like the, you know, sort of yuppie head of the Wan Alcazar and Associates place. And he's always like working on pyramid schemes. So him getting hit in the face with a goat ball and he got hit really hard and it like did like seven damage. It broke his nose. He, his, there was like a bloody face print on the ball that they then started calling Wilson that every time it would come by and he got like knocked on his ass. And I really, so I, I had this really fun goat ball scene and people liked it. And it, it moved fast and I improvised most of it. And I, I kind of had to figure out like, how do, what are the rules for this? And I essentially just had initiative order and on each person's initiative, they were either in the position to hurl the ball at one of their opponents. There was a number of Goliaths on the other side. I gave each one little details that I sort of improvised on the go. And they either were hurling the ball at that Goliath or they were receiving, i.e. they had to dodge or, or try to grab it on the way. And sort of like whatever happened in the previous round would determine whether or not they had control of the ball or whether the ball was on the other side. And, but it was basically following the players. I never really like, I didn't jump to monster initiative. It was just going from player to player to player, which is sort of like how like the power by the apocalypse games work or how fate works, which is like, if you in, in in those games, I think Numenera works the same way. Now I guess Numenera has the monsters go. But like in Fate, 
you essentially, you know, the, the things are always sort of in the player's hands. I guess it's, I guess it's more in, in Empowered by the Apocalypse, where monsters never take a turn. You take damage if you did badly in your move, right, based on what the monster characteristics are. And that's sort of how this worked. But essentially, I had to keep track of who had control of the ball at, that, at each given turn, and then what options are available. And one of the things they could do is like, I treated it a little bit like volleyball, which is you had a choice of either, you, if you have the ball, you can hurl it at the next guy, or for free, with no check, you can bounce it up to the next character, right? So if you have control of the ball, you could bounce it and give it to the next guy and the next guy, and then they could keep bouncing, and you couldn't get more than advantage, but it was essentially the aid action, right? And you could give the aid action to the next character, and then they could hit it. And, and it created this very dynamic scene very funny the the you know what was going on was hysterical you know like at one point one of the goliaths got smashed in the face and he falls back and he's lying down there next to wan alcazar and he just looks over wan alcazar wan alcazar's nose is all broken and blood's all pouring down his face and the other guy's nose is broken he's like hey you want a sandwich and now wan alcazar's like i would love a sandwich and he's like i have one and he like reached in a pack and pulled out like a big hero sandwich and the two of them enjoyed their hero sandwiches lying face up watching the goat ball game going on above them hysterical so it really worked out well and it, it, it followed it mostly followed this idea that we don't need another subsystem that skill checks you know ability checks and the and the and the normal actions that exist in D&D are enough to run a scene like a complicated goat ball scene with very little modifications you don't need to have this like really big situation I liked I liked that right, and it worked it worked really well. After Gopal, they had an opportunity to take a quick drop by ten towns. Sometimes this works well, sometimes not. I don't really remember anything that happened. They picked up some healing potions. They kind of talked to a few people. They they you know heard some rumors and stuff like that, and then they made their way to the Dark Duchess. Along the Dark Duchess, they met Avarice, and Avarice was getting attacked by a bunch of crag cats, and they weren't sure like is Avarice the bad guy? They saw her, and they saw that she's casting like fireballs and big spells, and they thought like wow. Maybe the crag cats are the right one. And they almost attacked him. And I kind of tweaked it. And I'm like, you don't really have anything to tell you she's bad. Right. And they're like, well, okay, maybe not. Right. But they, for a while, they weren't sure. And they were like, maybe we're going to deal. Maybe we're going to attack her. Like, we'll, 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 now is our opportunity. Cause she has like this huge flesh golem guardian. Right. So then they met, they, anyway, they ended up saying, okay, we're not going to attack her. She kind of turned on them. I remember why. She, one of the, characters ran up to her to defend her and she didn't know who this character is but this it, you know and said hey look it's another cat only this one's wearing pants because it was it was our our tabaxi character and the tabaxi ran up the golem turns around and just punches the tabaxi for like 20 damage right just hits him really hard and they're like oh i guess we're enemies now and she's like well no but you rushed me and attacked so i didn't know anyway they, they took care of the crag cats which really weren't hard right it wasn't meant to be a hard encounter and she introduces herself and she mentions that she, and the ghost warns Gore and says, Avarice is bad news. Like Avarice is a member of the Arcane Brotherhood and she is bad news. And she's like grilling the characters and the characters are talking to her. And they ended up, they talked about Thrun and she's like, what do you know about Thrun? This elder evil, right? Elder Thrun is an elder evil. I've dropped into Frostmaid for, for fun. And she, then they said, oh yeah, no, we killed guys. In fact, we have a vial of the blood of one of the demons that came from Thrun's world. And she's like, I, I want that. And they're like, well, what do you give us for it? And she's like, what do you want? And they're like, information. And she's like, let me tell you about stuff. And so she revealed a bunch of the secrets and clues, right? A pile of secrets and clues about the, they learned about the five members of the Arcane Brotherhood. Mostly about the, they learned a lot about the Knights of the Black, the Knights of the Black Sword. 
and how the Knights of the Black Sword were guardians of Thrun and that, you know, what happened with the Netherese and the fact that Thrun's sarcophagus was brought into Yethrin and now Thrun, and now Yethrin has crashed and this whole icy thing is caused because of Thrun, the crack in Thrun's, in Thrun's coffin. They learned all about that and then they said, okay, and they gave her the blood and now Avarice has the blood of one of these things. And I think that if we think about it from a front standpoint, what does Avarice want? Avarice wants to find Yethrin. She wants to get access to Thrun's power. She wants to figure it out, right? And she, But she didn't know where it was. She's in the whole wrong side of the place, right? But now she learned that it's under the Reggae Glacier. And now she's got blood. She can track him. So now she can show up. Now she can be a, a new NPC that we can have show up later on when they're heading towards Yethrin. So that worked really well. Then they headed to the Dark Duchess and exploring the Dark Duchess was as fun as I thought it was going to be. I liked the way the Dark Duchess worked out. It felt very headed to Arby's for some new dice. Yeah, go get those uh, Arby's dice. So they headed to the Dark Duchess. They explored the top mount. They fought the troll. That was fun. Really, like they were trying to trick the troll. They were down in the lower level. We, we used Albert Rodeo. We used their new aura, aura token so that we could show like the frost thing. They defeated the troll. And now they're right at the base of, of this area. And that is sort of what is happening next. And that's when the ice wind, you know, the, the ice wind kobolds will be there. And then, yeah, so, so that's what happened. And it was, it was, it was a really fun adventure. I really, I really enjoyed it. So let's start our new session and take a look at the characters. So Ilda, unfortunately, Ilda's player is not able to join us today. So she will not be, she will not be here. She missed Goatball too, which is sad. Shadowhawk, played by Brian, is a 60% Illithid, 40% Drow, who is being hunted by the Knight's Kiss assassins. Maybe it's time for the Knight's Kiss to show up. I'm not sure, I'm not sure what I'm gonna do about the Knight's Kiss. We have Auken Dawncaller. Auken, remember the Wormdune Crag, and is wants to find out about the structure under the ice. It has a good opportunity to throw visions. Gorwan Alcazar, remember the Wan Alcazar thing, secret noble who is heir of the Grey Castle, Grey Castle Empire and runs a, I've been saying that for several weeks. Yeah. About the nice kiss. Yeah. Well, they'll show up when they show up. He's pretty greedy and he likes to, he wants to uh, help 10 towns survive so that he can be like the primary group that manages the uh, caravans there. Perrin Fat Rabbit. Perrin is a bit of identity crisis. He's been thinking a lot about traveling off with his brother, the Mind Flayer, uh, and going off into the Astral Sea. So he might end up that way. Perrin is a conspiracy nut. He was captured by Illithids but escaped. And, and he has some Illithid stuff in him that gave him a little bit of telepathic power. But not so much, that not, not as much as Shadowhawk, who actually has one of these things inside his head. Uh, Candle. Candle in the Dark is a tabaxi rogue. He was a, him and his family previously worked for the Xanathar down in Skullport, but they, and they were being hunted by an assassin, but they went and found the assassins and killed them. So that worked out. So those are our characters today. So the start, luckily, oops, let's see, let's go back to our notes. The start is pretty strong. So there's a dead troll, probably sp the springing of a kobold trap, right? I think that kobolds have set up a trap down here and the trap is sprung. And what kind of devastating, fun, fun kobold trap could occur here? I, I think like a two trap, a two layer trap would be really fun. That like the, the kobolds have sort of rigged up two different things to occur. One of them would be a bouncing Betty style trap would be great. Flinging icicles is cool. 
Uh, I want to do swarms. What are there, what would be a good insect swarm that makes sense for frozen a frozen ship? Icy rats? What about like icy icy rat swarms, right? Bags of icy rats and we want to have something else. Let's pull out for fun. Let's see. Where's the sly flourish? That's the wrong book. Here it is. This looks right. We'll go with the Lazy DM workbook. Because I got a bunch of traps in here. And where is traps? Town events, items, monuments, traps. And let's pull out some dice. For flavor. So we roll 3d20 for these. I only have 2d20. So flavor 13 is weakening uh, scythes. Weakening scythes? Would they have access to scythe? I'll try it again on that one. Spears, weakening spears. Is there some way, bolts, spears, bolts, and scythes, some kind of spore? It could be like, again, we could do sort of icy spears that sort of cause disadvantage. That would, Disadvantage kind of blows though, but like immobilizing. Some, some, I'm trying to think of like some kind of exploding icy traps. There's have to be kinds of things that, that kobolds could come up with, right? Like freezing kobolds would come up with. But like, you know, icy shards. So it could be underneath the ship that could kind of burst out from below, right? And the kobolds could, could have figured that out. And then like pierce through their feet and that could, you know, hobble them, right? They can, they can move at like half speed and maybe it grants the rats advantage on their attacks. Icy caltrops, icy spears through the floor of the ship. Icy sickles, right? Icy caltrops. So what, what would cause, like, how does, how did the trap work? How would the, how would the, oh, what if they, like, they, that they, they found a way to, like, lower the ship? So what if instead of, like, the whole ship drops a little bit? And as it does, they have set up a bunch of icicles underneath so that when it drops, they all come piercing out. The whole ship drops and icy spears come, uh, in basically icicles, right? Pierce out of the floor, right? So the, basically what the kobolds did is there was a bunch of like icicles underneath, right? Un, in the lower, the, the lowermost reaches of the ship and the, the bilge of the ship. And the ship was lining up and there'll be like this big creaking sound, like something will drop you know, some kind of weight will drop. There'll be this creak and it sort of breaks. Sh ice shatters underneath. The ship drops a bit. And when it does, all the icicles that were underneath the ship pierce out through the floor, pierce through their feet. They can make dex checks, dex saves. DC 15 dex, dex saving throws. On a failure, they take, and how hard would this trap be? Probably a setback. Yeah, probably a setback. Which would be, on a failure, they take 11 piercing damage and are... Is there, a, is there an effect that grants... They're not restrained. Maybe they're restrained on a success. Five damage on a success and not restrained. DC 13 check to break the restraint. Yeah. Right, that seems about right. Does that work? We don't want to stun them because I don't want to lower their, I don't want to take away their actions. That's kind of lame. But the uh, restrain, the nice thing about restraining 
is it grants enemies advantage. Speed becomes zero, can't benefit from a boost to speed. Attack rolls have advantage. Creatures' attack rolls have disadvantage. That's kind of a bummer. Creature has disadvantage on deck saving throws. But that kind of makes sense. Like, they've got big old icicles piercing through their feet and their boots and stuff like that. The fact that they're restrained and then they can take an action to break away. Meanwhile, icy rat, icy, you know, icy rats attack, right? And we'll do like four swarms, four swarms of icy rats. That's a nice hard situation, right? So icy rats and ice spears. Ice spiders. Hmm. Ah. I think the kobolds would have an easier time like capturing up a bunch of icy rat. And as a ship, right? Like the idea is like they're on a ship and there's rats on a ship. Ice scorpions. So then they deal with the kobold, the cold. Let's go here and let's go to the adventure itself. We are in the Dark Duchess. And they did the ice trolls, D12. Forest when kobolds hide beneath barrels and hurl javelins. After they start uh, weaponless, they worship avarice and do the dragon's bidding. Yes, they don't know when she'll return, but she always does. So we could have them at, like essentially be callers. Do ice, ice wind kobolds, are they different than, they're, they're just kind of like kobolds except javelins, right? So we have the ice wind kobolds and then we have Avantaris arrives, right? We can stick these in here. I don't, it doesn't really matter. They're easy to pick up. Arviantaris, Arviantaris, Arviantaris arrives. Yeah, so then Arviantaris arrives, right? That's gonna be fun. I can never spell her name, are you kidding me? Grab that, grab that name. Do, do, do. And I think Arviantaris is probably worthy of a page. New page in database. I wish there was a way to default. One nice thing in Notion would be to default to a particular, like when, whenever I create a new page, I want it to show up in a certain place. So Arviantaris, I can open up this image and then we'll grab this text and we will stick it in our Notion page for Arviantaris. Boom. Did that add the picture automatically? Hey, look at that. It added the picture automatically. That's nice. And that is an NPC. So we have Arve, Arve, Ar, Chris. There's a T in there somewhere. I'm going with Arviantaris. I gotta, I gotta pick something. And we could put Arviantaris. What? No results. I just made it. That's so weird. Why didn't it, why didn't it take? Sometimes I wonder if it has to build up a database. And then the bell, right? Andorex bell. Another, man, these unpronounceable names, right? And then next steps, return to 10 towns. In which case, it, the next time they return to 10 towns, so here's here's the thing I'm gonna do. The next time they return to 10 towns, the dragon, the Chardalon dragon is gonna be attacked. Or probably they will go and use Audrex Bell. In which case we have the the trip to Grimskull. And then we have the Isle. And then we have Grimskull. At some point, I'm going to have to prepare what the hell's going on in Grimskull, right? So that that's probably coming up because they seem to be heading in that direction. So I've got plenty of scenes, right? And we'll figure out where things go. But yeah, two, two big beats are Grimskull. There's sort of three major things that are actually entire chapters in the book. And I need to kind of have these chapters in mind. The Shardle and Dragon attack and whether or not they go to Grimskull and what's going on there, and Yethrin and what's going on there. And I already know there are things about Grimskull and Yethrin I do not plan on running as is, right? I plan on changing a fair bit of those places because there are parts of them that are in the book that I just don't dig. I don't like the trial. I think the trials, even Sam Dillon and I uh, both agree that the trials in Grimskull suck and we wanna change those to something else. 
So I'm going to have to figure out what that is, right? And maybe it's not. The trials are bogus, says Brian F.K. So maybe I don't have to replace them with anything, right? But then there's a big question of like, when do they face the Frost Maiden, right? When does that part happen? I'm not sure. And, and, and I have thoughts about how I want to run the Frost Maiden encounter, which I guess I'll share now, which is the Frost Maiden is broken up into three different monsters. And the idea that she walks in, she walks in three ways is something that's neat. So I, I think like it could be opportunities for them to start facing her, right? And if they go to Grimskull, they might face one of the three Frost Maiden forms. I'm probably going to beef up those Frost Maiden forms quite a bit and, and have some like added monsters to each one. And then they, they, they defeat each one and then they'll defeat each one and then we'll have a final battle where they have to fight all three at the same time. I think that'll be pretty cool, right? And they'll have a little bit of knowledge because they'll know about how these things face. So when do they face them? So they might face one of the forms of the Frost Maiden might be out in front of, in the snow outside of Grimskull. Another one might be the, the mother form, which is inside, it's the crystal inside uh, Grimskull. And then the other form is the one that's walking around Icewind Dale directly. Right. Uh, and they might face that on their like their way to Yethrin or something. like. That. And then in one big battle, she might you might have to face all three of them. Right. I think that 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 might be kind of cool. One Grimskull, two Caves of Hunger, three third form in Yethrin. Possibly. I think Yethrin's going to be its own thing, though. So I don't know if I'm going to drop her in Yeth Yethrin. Fight all three and then Thumper. I think Thumper's done. They beat they beat Thumper. They, beat, they already beat Thumper, so I think that works. So yeah, I want to do that. I got to figure out what's in Grimskull, and then eventually I have to figure out what's in Yethrin, but I don't have to figure that out yet because neither of my groups are close to Yethrin yet. So we worry about that later, right? Because we worry about the next session, not the Rip Thumper. Thumper got killed again. Yeah, Thumper was destroyed a second time, and I don't think Thumper will be returning. You know, I think Thumper has served his uh, purpose, and at this point, it, bringing him out again would, would we'd weaken Thumper's you know, weaken Thumper's legacy. So we have secrets and clues and all this stuff. What are some secrets and clues that they can learn? Avantaris. Let's see. Let's go back to our Dark Duchess here. Arv once served as partner to Meltharond. Has long since died and is frozen to her back. Avantaris has... I'm just going to have to copy and paste his name all the time. Has slowly lost... Her eyesight, her sense of smell is still quite keen. Avantris did not serve the Queen of Dragons during her rise. She regrets it. She regrets not being able to give her life to rise to Met from Avernus. Vernus. That's kind of a fun throwback. Some of this I'm making up, of course. Let's see. Any other... Arvinturus, Arvinius, Arvin, oh man, Arv, Arvain, Arvinturus, let's see, we'll, we'll just grab that. There's a fun secret, we can just throw it in. Let's see, we don't need those notes anymore. That's a good one. Well, what else? Oh, does not fly over the Sea of Moving A. She f fears Oral and knows that Oral rides on a powerful mount of her own. That would be a good one. The giants, the frost giants, some frost giants of old worshiped Oral 
from a citadel known as Grimskull. Now lost in the sea of moving ice. Ravison, here's a good fun clue, awoke Angajuk. So she had a mount. Uh, she had a reliable mount to Grimskull. Frost Druids often pilgrim, is pilgrim a verb? Travel to Grimskull to, to honor Oral and the codicil of the white. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, two more secrets. Make pilgrimages. What other secrets do we have going on there? Anything else going on in Grimskull? Let's take a look at the Grimskull. Well, let's look at Angekuk's bell. So swimming in the frigid waters, swim, sperm whale. Once a companion of a druid named Anga who cast Awaken on Angekuk to give the whale sentience and intelligence. Not known as much about Anga, but those that befriend Angachuk. I, I think I'm going to switch that out to Ravison and that like maybe Ravison was nice back then. Like maybe An Angajuk liked Ravison a lot. Then they have a pier. Oh, some giant vultures. That's kind of fun. Get a little battle. And then ways to deal with Angachuk's trust. Uh, whale hunters could uh, come after Anga. Get an opportunity to kill some whale hunters. That's fun. So yeah, there's some good there's some good stuff there. I don't know that it results in more secrets. Giant rock has been seen flying over. Yeah, that's not a bad secret. Uh, huge bird has been seen flying over the south of Icewind Dale from across the sea of moving ice. Yep. What else? The pages of the codicil of the white have been maintained for thousands of years. So I got 10 secrets. Are those the right secrets? They're probably, they're probably fine. They're probably... Fantastic locations. We have the Dark Duchess. We have Angatrix's Bell. I suck with spelling. Oops. Let's link to the Dark Duchess. Just so I have a nice handy link. I tell you, I'm really used to having the adventures in Beyond. It's really handy to do that. Uh, and really handy to be able to hyperlink it in places. Let's grab an encounter along the way while they're traveling. Foggy glowing altar of the frost giants. That's kind of a neat, that's kind of a neat one. Any of these other ones that are cool. Necrotic thunders, fountain of oral, poisonous standing stones, crumbleberry podium in the netherese. I think we're just gonna go with the first one. That sounds good. And that one sounds good. So it's probably between foggy glowing altar of the frost giants and what kind of encounter might they face there? We have two options for encounters. We can go to the wilderness encounters here and we can just roll and see, roll the one, Yeti. Is it time for the abominable Yeti? It might be. An abominable Yeti, CR nine. What if it was like, we could almost do like a two along the journey. I can't spell abominable. No one can spell that abominable so for monsters let's do uh deadly benchmark the character there are five characters they are six level five times six is 30 half of 30 is 15 so max cr so the deadly benchmark is 15 an abominable yeti is cr9 and yetis are CR threes. So, wow, look at that. Two yetis and an abominable yeti is exactly on the deadly benchmark. Thus, probably a challenging fight, probably not deadly. 
but I think that that might be fun. So yeah, foggy glowing altar of the frost giants uh, and they get attacked by yetis, including, I think the abominable one will be the red yeti that went after and killed Janth Ald Aldwar. So that could be fun. For NPCs, we have Arventurus. Hey, look, it worked now. We probably want a kobold. Flame Hunter the kobold might be one of the kobolds that, that they might be able to talk to. And then, of course, we have Angajuk, right? Let's make a page for Angajuk. New page in. And we will grab. Where is Angajuk's? I guess we'll grab this stuff. And, and we got a picture. Always searching for matches. Yeah. Let's see, maybe the picture up top. So we got a cool like little NPC card for Angajuk. And I can change it because I know I already said that there wasn't this part about once the companion, we're going to, we're going to dump this because uh, we're going to say awaken, awoken by Rav and served as her companion to travel to Grimskull. Do I have a Grimskull page? I don't. Make a new Grimskull page. Actually, we'll make it actual caps and for fun we will go to Grimskull. Isn't there a picture of Grimskull? Where's the where's the cool ass picture of Grimskull? I thought there's a big picture of it. I know there is a big picture of it. Well we'll link to it anyway. And somewhere in the book is a picture of Grimskull. I will go find that sometime. Oh those dumb trials. It's probably the top of the chapter in it. Yeah there it is. Look at that. Copy image. Oh can't fit. We will then where did it go? I just had it. There it is. I think if I paste the link in here, embed image, that'll work there. Perfect. Tags, location. Cool. What else do we have? So I got my secrets, fantastic locations, got some NPCs. What the hell? Oh, that got dorked. There we go. <laughs> Funny. Any other NPCs? Probably not. We shouldn't ever forget about good old Janth. Janth is the NPC that keeps on giving. Isn't Janth? I think I spelled the name wrong. Treasure. I don't know if there's any treasure in the books. Let's take a look and see what treasure they offer. Whoops. Go to the Dark Duchess. And let's see. D9 is where the treasure is. Uh, there's a gray bag of tricks. Okay. Which one is that? Weasel, giant rat. What are the other bags of tricks? Because I think I've done the other ones before. Now, I guess I did a rust... Uh, which one of these makes most sense? I guess this one makes, the gray bag of tricks makes the most sense for f the frozen land. So I think a gray bag of tricks is a good one. Uh, what else is in their hoard? Oh, come on. So it's only one of their, one of his, one of her hordes. Is there any other interesting loot that might be there? We can go to treasure, do a, do a, a silver raven, Figurine, Instrument of the Bards. We don't have any bards. Slippers of Spider Climbing. Those are pretty nice. How about those? Those would be cool. You know who probably has that? The spider, the slippers are probably on the on the Knight's Kiss. So maybe maybe they don't have those. Hello, kitty. Every so often this thing breaks in phenomenal ways. Mystery Key. Those are common items. These are all common. Boy, that, that, that went funny. Horn of Valhalla. I can't spell Valhalla. Let's see. In response, warrior spirits from Valhalla, they, they return to Valhalla after one hour of the turn. Once you use the horn, it can't be used again until seven days have passed. Four types of horns. Wow. You imagine having to run that many berserkers? 5d4 plus 5. 
Yeah, we'll probably save something like that for Grimskull. But what if you blew it and it summoned frost giants? <laughs> Maybe like one frost giant. Wouldn't that be cool? I'd like one more piece of treasure though. Plus two shorts or dagger venom. Gem of seeing. How broken is the gem of seeing? Three charges. Action, you can speak the gem's command work for uncharged. For the next 10 minutes you gain. You have true sight out to 120 feet. 10 minutes, one charge. And it gains 1d3 charges. Expended at dawn. That's a pretty nice... Hmm. That's pretty nice. Is it? Is that going to completely dork me up? No. What the hell? I'll throw that in a loop. Some cool items. Cool. So I think we've got some good treasure. Uh, I'll throw a relic in here for funsies. Rough figuring Vogue might cast Gust of Wind. Carved Jeweled Egg of Mask that casts Greater Invisibility. Perfect, right? That's a good one right there. Jeweled Egg of Mask. What if it's just a mask? Uh, a jeweled, jeweled mask of mask. <laughs> and you put it on and you go invisible. That, that I think will be cool. So I got my treasure. All right, so do I have everything I need to run today's game? I think so. I got a bunch of scenes, strong start. Then they deal with Aventaurus. They deal with the kobolds. They get the bell. And then where do they go next? They will have to make some choices about where they go. They might go straight to, they know that they're not far from the area where they can use the bell. So they'll probably start heading that. Yeah, I need to do some homework reading up on Grimskull, reading the chapter on Grimskull to make sure I I, I know what I what's there and then I know what I'm going to change. So I will probably do that between this week and next on the assumption that they get there. But I've got a lot of material to cover me for the time today. So I think we are all set. So I think with that, we are going to call it a day. So I want to thank everybody for hanging out with me on the stream today. I want to thank you for listening to me on the podcast or watching me on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you enjoyed this show, you can help me out in four different ways. One, you can subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter. Two, you can subscribe to my video feed on YouTube. Uh, three, you can support me directly on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash slyflourish. Or four, you can pick up any of my books, including Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master and the Lazy DMs Workbook. Hope you enjoyed the show. See you next week and have a great day.